Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. The two-hour premiere event of Superman and Lois airs Tuesday, February 23rd, or you can stream free next day on The CW app. You will Yeah, 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 they wanna know. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And we have breaking news. What happened? What happened? Gina Carano fired from The Mandalorian. Taylor Swift went on GMA to announce the news Just kidding. Taylor's version. Taylor's version. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. What happened with Gina Caruso? Gina Carano. She got fired from The Mandalorian after controversial posts. Literally this name I will never know again. Like na- like after this, like I'm just like, this name is going in one ear and out the other. This it's like, woman. no, Who this cares? name is fully like, you'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like gif of Rihanna turning around. Yes, there. this, we're never, no, it's done. You'll never see me again. We knew about her. We knew she was a problem. We knew this woman was a problem. I didn't know the extent of her problems. So we Disney had was like Gina Carano. sitting on this. They're waiting to get this woman out of the out of the world. What, Star Wars. What's the world that they're the in? The world. The Lucas world. No, the oh. no the Star Wars what's, universe. I think that yeah. But Star is there Wars, a name for it? The Star Wars extended universe. The Star okay, Wars but extended where do universe. They live. Is like a planet called in like a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> or I don't. They live on like. Toth, they're like. Thank you. You know all these answers, and you're literally telling me them. And but I don't like know I'm where crazy. she lives. Okay, fine. I don't know which one. She's always like in a bar with their legs up, and she's like, "Hey, Mando, what's up? Like, Ugh. where's Grogu?" Okay. So, actress Gina Carano has been booted off The Mandalorian after she penned a social media post that compared. I can't even read this. That compared being a Republican to being Jewish in Nazi Germany. Because she's like, at this point, it's like her hate is absurd. It's like yes. camp. It's like. I know. I mean, it's just, it's terrible and she's got to go. Bye-bye. Everything I was reading by her, the stuff that I was reminded of that I knew and the stuff that was brand new that I didn't know, like some of her transphobic stuff, there's just like no gray area. It's so like brazenly terrible. I know. So George Lucas is going to put her in a spaceship and blast her off. I don't know where she's going. (laughs) Season three is going to begin with Pedro Pascal being like, Hello? Oh, uh, Mappa's dead? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Mappa's dead. Yeah, Cara Dune died. I shot her in the face. She's dead. Let's go find Grogu. Like, that's how it's going to begin. And then we're going to move on. We're not going to care. S- Samantha Jones? Oh, she's dead. <laughs> Samantha Jones? Dead. Cara Dune? Dead. Mappa? Mappa dead. dead. They're all dead. They're all in the same galaxy. They're in a different galaxy far, far They away. all are living together in a different galaxy. We don't need to recognize them anymore. And that sitcom will premiere on Newsmax next fall. I have to say, it's unfair to to lump in Samantha Jones with those other two people. I'm so, that's so cruel. Samantha Jones did nothing wrong. She just doesn't want to do it anymore. I mean, she did nothing wrong, but the character's definitely living with Cara Dunn and Mappa, like, in a house. <laughs> that's true. Okay, true. So we don't blame, um, what's her face? Her real name. What's, what's yeah. Samantha Jones' real name? Uh, Kim Cattrall. No, no, Kim no, no, Cattrall, no, 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 no. but we do think that Samantha Jones just moved in with Mappa. <laughs> Their upcoming problematic mid-season replacement sitcom starts with not so long ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and there they are. Oh, um, okay, man. she's dead. The funniest things about this story are, number one, this caption in page six. They have like this really funny publicity still that looks 10 years old of Gina Carano, like hands on her hips and her business blazer and like looking like, hello, ladies. And the caption is, Lucasfilm has reportedly wanted to fire Carano for quite some time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have, of course they have. Of course. And they, they were going to give her a spinoff show. The rumor is that that big, remember that big Disney Plus announcement where they were like we're releasing this show and 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 this show on the powerpoint it was like she's gonna have a show and then they were like take her off the powerpoint before the thing who where did she come i'm not that i I really actually don't really want to know enough anything about this woman but where did she come from mma oh she was an mma fighter and then steven soderbergh put her in a movie it's interesting casting choice her personality her bad personality aside that's a cool thing to do on paper she makes perfect sense for the role she's like a fighter yeah, she's a fighter. She's, like, not the greatest actor, but it doesn't really matter. Her thing is, like, I'm a badass woman, like, whatever. But now she's just such a nightmare in person that it just couldn't it couldn't work anymore. 
Yeah. Anyway, you are listening to Who's There, the podcast where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619 Who Them. Never call about Gina Carano. We'll never see her again. Let's we'll never start with see comments. her again. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. Just had to pause the, pause the podcast because you guys were talking about iconic hostage negotiator, negotiators. And obviously, the most iconic hostage negotiator is Bruce Willis from the movie Hostage. <laughs> Literally, he's the main character of that movie, and he's a hostage negotiator. And he's saving all the hostages. And at the end, he goes in and he kills the person that's holding everybody hostage. The most iconic hostage negotiator bruce willis thank you <laughs> crunch crunch bye hey who weekly long time long time the best hostage negotiator in film is larry miller in best in show when he negotiates for the kid not his kid not to throw the dog off the roof <laughs> or not, not it wasn't even a roof it was a place okay thank you bye Yes, Bruce Willis does play the hostage negotiator in Hostage. That doesn't make him the most iconic. It just makes him the most obvious. I mean, I think the most obvious one is the movie called The Negotiator, where it's actually framed <laughs> about the negotiator. Right, but my point really wasn't who was the most iconic. My point was, weren't there a lot of them? And the answer is yes. There was a big trend of people were obsessed with the idea of being a hostage negotiator. They yeah. thought it was fun. And then another person called in and said Larry Miller was the actual best hostage negotiator in movies. And I do agree with that. He is trying to get his son off the roof. And this is how he does it. It's not a question today, honey. Please, please, this is what I do. Please, honey, this is what I do. Don't be mad at him, please. I'll gouge your left eye out with my thumb. I shit you not, you freak. I'm going to get down here right now. I'm going to punch him in the eye till it turns to jelly. Anyway, that's him. The best hostage negotiator. For best in show, Hans. Best in show. For best in show, Hans. Hold up. Next call. Does. Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley share the same astrologer. Crunch, crunch. That MacBook. After hearing this call, I was like, excuse me, how do you even know that? And then I Googled it and there's a page six article literally called newly engaged Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley share the same astrologer. It's extensive. It's like it's it's like gathering evidence. Were these two stars brought together by cosmic energy or their astrology coach? And then it's like this this writer. Sorry, I got to Now I got to shout him out because they did a good job. Uh, Leah Bitsky traces each one of them to this same kind of coach named Deborah Silverman mm -hmm. and is like, did, did this bring them together? Did she bring them together? But of course, in true page six fashion, it ends with, it is unclear if Silverman was behind the union of the NGH couple and her rep had no comment. <laughs> so like, you no. don't even know. <laughs> Play the other Aaron Rodgers call because we need to, Hi, who we need to remember uh, the last time, time we talked about this time. Guy. So I just had to pause the podcast when you guys were talking about um, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. Um, because I wanted to let you guys know um, that Aaron Rodgers' brother, Jordan Rodgers, was actually um, a contestant and won um, JoJo's season of The Bachelorette. And um, the two of them have been, like, dating or engaged or whatever for the past, like, four years or something. Um, so I just have to know what a, a dinner party of Aaron Rodgers, Shailene Woodley, Jordan Rogers and Jojo Fletcher would look like. <laughs> okay. Chewing food. Bye. We talked about this a lot, actually, when Jordan Rogers was on The Bachelor because it was funny that he had this, like, famous brother and then they didn't talk to each other because I guess mm -hmm. Aaron is kind of estranged from the entire family. Like, Jordan is still close with his parents and parents. whatever. And Aaron was kind of like, I want nothing to do with these people, mm -hmm. whether or not it's that has anything to do with The Bachelor. Yeah. But he wanted, definitely wanted nothing to do with his brother who was on The Bachelor, even though so many references were made towards Aaron, obviously the more famous sibling. And what's even funnier was literally yesterday, this headline came out that was Jojo Fletcher and Jordan Rogers admit they initially stayed together to please Bachelor Nation. I guess they're still together that like, they like were forced to be together early on to maintain their sponsorship yeah. and their mm -hmm. fandom. And then I guess it just stuck. 
Because mm-hmm. they're still together. Here's my impression of Aaron Rodgers estranging himself from his family. You'll never see me again. Stop, stop. Jordan is close with the family. Mm-hmm. They have a brother named Luke. And Aaron is estranged from the rest of the family. And people were hoping he would appear when they did like a home visit. But of course he didn't appear. He was like, I want nothing no. to do with this. But it is kind of funny that now Aaron is engaged to a famous person. To, so like yeah, he's also yeah. kind of part of the... Whatever, whatever. It's interesting. I I do wonder though, like, because this news from this week, how how they admitted that they stayed together initially for Bachelor Nation to please Bachelor Nation. Like, I wonder how contractual that is. Like, were they just waiting until they had passed some grace period to reveal that? Or is it sort of just like good taste? Like, if you want to have a good relationship, like wait a certain amount, like wait this grace period before you reveal like any sort of truths. Like, I just wonder like how much abc really breathes down the necks of these people or if it's kind of all in our heads that it's intense you know you know what i mean like yes that's just sort of like because i feel like it's in their best interest to sort of keep on the narrative and not necessarily something that they're obligated to do it's just like in their best interest i don't know yeah that's a good point okay next call speaking of good points speaking of good points hi Lindsay, bobby medium time first time I'm calling because I saw your tweet about Chester Marlon Hanks, a.k.a. Chet Hanks, and his weird bed sheets with scientific information on them about Icelandic courses, and I thought, this is my time to shine. I've been waiting for this. I went to college with him and used to follow him on Twitter when he was not trying to be famous, and he used to tweet about horses, like, often. One time he went on this whole thing about how we should be grateful that we even have horses, because if it weren't for, like, a small group of them that you know, escaped and crossed the Siberian land bridge, we wouldn't have them. Um, And, you know, I had it saved for years and I deleted it and now I'm sad that I deleted it. But I think he's just a man who's he's very passionate. He's passionate about apparently saying the N-word and he's passionate about, you know, the science of horses. It kind of tracks. I feel like rich people love horses. I don't know if you have any more information on this or if there's any more evidence, but just thought I would, you know, share that. Anyways, thank you for listening. Have a lovely day. Crunch, crunch. The idea that Chet is passionate about horses in a way that's just beat, like, there was this tweet. So uh, there was a tweet where it was a screenshot of Chet Hanks doing, like, a video from his bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's laying on these sheets that have, like, Icelandic horses, information about Icelandic horses on the sheets. That's literally yes. it. That's the tweet. Who tweeted it? It was from uh, Hooligan at Guilt Complex. Uh, uh-huh. And I I retweeted it. That's why the caller saw it. But it's very, it's like he made a little fort. It's like he's <laughs> in a little fort made out of sheets. And there are, There's there are passages about Icelandic, Icelandic horses. horses. I usually wouldn't trust Chet Hanks's judgment uh, or really his opinions or whatever. But on this one, I would have to agree that horses are amazing. Horses are pretty cool. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not sure I would go with what Chet Hanks is uh, saying or doing. I know your inbox is about to be slammed with anime teens and, um, you know, kids who love Zan um, getting really mad at you for calling Uzi a who. And I just have to say, I would agree, Uzi is not a who. Well, Uzi versus them. That's, you're, you're wrong. You're just, you're wrong. Um. Anyway, uh, this is Ian in DC. Crunch, crunch. Uzi is a them. I'm just uh, Uzi is a fucking man. I just called about Uzi. Um, and I'm calling again because I'm high and I unpaused and I thought of a better new sign off. Um, forehead diamond. Bye. If forehead diamond cannot catch on as a sign off, because I'll barf every time anyone says forehead, forehead diamond. diamond. <laughs> forehead diamond. We didn't get many anime teens saying that Lil Uzi is actually a them at all. I know. Maybe we don't have many anime teens in our audience. But I as know. I was doing, was as I was editing it, I was looking up clips of Uzi. His anime involvement is very cool. He really does yeah. love it. And he did a song, which is what I included in the episode. If the true heads probably caught it, he did a song for Detective Pokemon. The movie that Rita Ora was in. He did a full song for it. And he was like, this is the most exciting thing I've ever contributed to. Lindsay, it's called Pokemon <sighs> Detective Pikachu. I'm sorry. Pokemon Detective. Right. Not Detective Pokemon. But Pokemon technically, Detective it's Pikachu. about a Detective Pokemon. But Detective Pikachu. Sorry. Yes, Pokemon colon Detective yeah. Pikachu. 
And let's see if Forehead Diamond catches on as a sign-off. I Don't. like it. It's simple. No. Forehead Diamond. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I had to pause the pod uh, when you were talking about Suzanne Summers uh, because, yes, she did handle that situation incredibly. Um, she diffused it. She was like, cool as a cucumber. Um, but I also think that maybe the third question she asked him um, about, like, who are you, maybe because as a person who has house that for uh, someone who has a very large, large house in Los Feliz, um, for some reason, rich people just have, like, people in their house all the time, whether they're, like, working or gardening or or doing construction or something. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times that I would house it and wake up and there would be people in the house. So it's, like, kind of terrifying, but I think it's also kind of normal for rich people to just have, like, people working around and in their house constantly. So maybe she wasn't totally freaked out because that's probably something that happens often. Not that that's what this was, but I think that she was, handling it very well because I'm sure she's used to having randos, you know, working in and around her house. Um, so yeah, that's just my, my little insight. Um, crunch, crunch me in quarantine. Bye. I love this because it reminds me that the way that I see rich people's houses is from the 1982 movie Annie where you know the song it's like we got Annie and then all those like people who work at the house are like <laughs> I don't know the song <laughs> yes you do it's like I Anne don't. Ranking and she's like dancing she's dancing through the Mr. Big Mr. Big who is <laughs> sorry what's his name <laughs> Daddy Daddy Warbucks. Warbucks even I know that and I've seen He's, Annie once she's like dancing through Daddy Warbucks house and all of these people are like chiming in like the cooks and this person and some guy fixing a light bulb and the pool guy and like everyone's like chiming in and it's like that is what a rich person's house looks like it just involves so many people you know working so on it stuff doing so much stuff. stuff right yeah it, it made me think of the um <laughs> yeah what did it make you think of <laughs> it made me think of the kendall jenner ad tour because she was like which i think i mentioned on the show when right. she's showing off her huge house her and then Jane, she all shows her, her james glam terrells room. yeah oh god and then she shows her glam room and she's like and then the glam room has its own entrance so right. that, so that my staff doesn't have to walk all the way through the front. And I was like, don't make it seem like you did this to be it's, nice to them. It's literally a servant's entrance. It's like you gave her a servant. You gave them servant's entrance. Literally, yes. you rent you rent houses that are built at a certain year before a certain year. And they have this included for nefarious reasons. Like you don't want <laughs> to build a modern version of this like kind of fucked up concept. You ask the realtor, like, what's this door about? And they're like, and they're like oh, oh, you know. It's very old. It's a very old apartment. Very, very old. Have you seen the oh. dumbwaiter? <laughs> Have you seen the dumbwaiter? That is a dream, though. A d- having, having a dumbwaiter, dumb waiter. though? Yeah, I agree. I don't want staff. I don't even want a big house. I hate big houses. I just want a dumbwaiter. Right. I don't want a staff entrance. I want a dumbwaiter. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I just love the the technology of a dumbwaiter is so simple and cool to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. L- last comment. Last comment. Last comment. Hi. So I just had to pause who's there because I have one extra little detail that you guys missed talking about Jojo Siwa coming out and uh, being on Jimmy Fallon and collaborating with the TikTok Pride Hype House and just how delightfully confusing this would be to like a 16th century peasant. Um, To add one extra layer of just... um, I don't know, ridiculousness or randomness to the whole thing is I believe that all of the members of the TikTok Pride Hype House were minor cast members in the uh, Disney Channel original movie, Teen Beach Movie, starring Ross Lynch. So just a fun fact. You know that movie Teen Beach that was like the high school musical after high school musical, like the next generation high school musical. Uh, Ross Lynch was in it. Remember, now he has the band with his brothers, R5 or whatever. We've talked about this. They're like kind of weird siblings. What's funny is they're all they're all small. They're all these. They're all like minor cast members (laughs) in the Disney Channel original movie Teen Beach. Also, according to Capwing.com. 
slash resources slash TikTok hyphen houses hyphen list, Pride House was formed in December 2020. <laughs> so like <laughs> Whatever, like we're making progress. We got a gay hype house. It's just funny to me that it's like, what do all the members of Hype House Pride Hype House have in common? Well, they're gay or they're minor characters in <laughs> Disney original movie Teen Beach. <laughs> okay, let's move on to questions. You're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making, this this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making, we're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be, su- there's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store, but we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash, because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments, and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Is Firefly Lane the hooiest show on TV? Crunch, crunch. I don't think so. I, in fact, I'm willing to call it an instant them show because what? Netflix shoved, in terms of like name recognition, everyone's talking. It's like Bridgerton. These who shows are ta- shoved down is, your throat. I'm sorry, who is talking about this? Aside from people who call into this podcast. Who's talking about this? It's number one on Netflix. I'm seeing Drew Barrymore talk about this. The, compared to Bridger, Tim, I'm seeing nothing. I'm seeing nothing. <laughs> no one we know is watching it. The critics are not talking about it either way. The critics are talking about it. They are the not. Are talking about I it. I disagree. I think this is the Whoiest show. Our friend who is a critic watched it and liked it. Yeah, he had to. And that's a sh- that's really shameful. You should <laughs> not reveal his to. name because it's embarrassing. <laughs> had to. It's Don't. based on a book by Kristen Hanna. I, we do not have to spend a lot of time on this, but it is like. But we will. It's yet again the Netflix effect where it's like Netflix tells you that everyone's watching the show. So you're like, guess I'll watch the show. Guess we're going to Bulgravia. So you start watching the show where Sarah Chalk and C- Catherine Heigl play best friends over 50 years. Okay, but it's one thing to have a show that's full of like people I've never heard of. That's different than having a show that stars Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk from Scrubs. <laughs> it's like, that is hooey. Like Katherine Heigl, who was literally like so rude she left Hollywood and Sarah Chalk from Scrubs. <laughs> like, come on. Who was on. best known, who is, I would say, arguably better known for being second Becky than even being from Scrubs. Okay, well, for Roseanne fans, but you're right. She is second Becky. She's literally second Becky and was on scrubs like it's just it's just this is a hooey show and then everyone else on the show i've never heard of my whole life but (laughs) not in a way where oh like bridgerton like oh they're like prestige british like theater actors it's just like i've never heard of these people i mean i really implore all of you to go to your google and type in firefly lane cast and look at the like tapestry of whites and off-whites that will fill the top half of your screen and you will recognize None of the names, none of the faces, except Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk. None of them. None of them. I mean, how pissed is Katherine Heigl, sorry, Katie Heigl, that, which, by the way, we, we're not calling not you yet. Katie. We'll get to we it. We can't. But no, I won't. how pissed is Katherine Heigl that she has to do Zoom press for this and can't do real press? Like, she's so mad. You can tell. She's thrilled. She doesn't want to leave her house. No, I think she's mad. I think she's like, I finally landed something. It's number one on Netflix. I got to get out there. I got to do my thing. And she can't. She's got to be over Zoom. She knows that she's going to get the attention for season two premiere, which when it's going to be like actually hyped. (laughs) No one cares about season two. The music might have changed with the decades. But the promises made on Firefly Lane remained. Best friends forever. Apparently, this is about Katherine Heigl plays a woman who has a show, like a radio show called The Girlfriend Hour, which I would argue is 
was the name we had for Who Weekly before we chose Who Weekly. Thank mm-hmm. God we yeah. didn't chose the Girlfriend Hour. I love this thing that you put in here where it says, you said, I love reading this with no context. What is this from, like, Decider or something? Well, it's like, so you finished Firefly Lane. Like, here are the questions that must be in your mind. Is Johnny dead? Will Tully go back to the Girlfriend Hour? And most importantly, what on Green's Earth did Tully do to blow up her decades-long friendship with Kate? Wait, is Catherine Heigl's name Kate in the show? No, Catherine is Tully. Oh. Sarah is Kate. Sarah Chalk's character's last name is literally Malarkey. (laughs) (laughs) I have to watch. I'm sorry. I have to watch this show. Me like putting in a fake name and like, I'll change it later. (laughs) (laughs) I'll change it. Whatever. I'll change it in the second draft. It's fine. So Catherine Heigl went on the Drew Barrymore show, my favorite Honestly, I have to say there's no better press for a show like this to do than the Drew Barrymore show. Drew Barrymore is probably like, I already watched it. Uh, Lindsay, this is what she says. I watched the clip of her saying my name is Katie. And this is how Drew, I mean, it's a meme at this point that Drew Barrymore show is a joke. But I haven't actually watched a clip of it in a long time. Yeah, it's, it's And crazy. I had forgotten that like Drew, no offense to Drew, we love Drew, but like she's not good at this. But the thing about Drew being not good at this, I do genuinely think that Drew is a very good person to talk to, a great listener, and does have kind of, if you met her, you'd be like, oh, you should have a talk show. Like, you know, people you meet and they're just like great at this type of stuff and you're like, you should have a talk show. I don't think that translated to the actual talk yeah, show. Yeah, it didn't But translate. I do believe that she had what it takes in many people's minds. But it doesn't really work. That's my take on this. Listen, this is how she introduces her. Now, I have been watching Firefly um, Lane all weekend. I love it so much. It's giving me beaches. I just, I really love it. Can you talk to me about it? I'm, I'm really connecting with it. And Catherine Heigl's like, sure, I can talk to you about it. Also, my name is Katie now. Please call me Katie. And Drew was like, gladly, I love it. Anne Hathaway did this already. You can't, uh, sorry, we, we already, we already told Anne Hathaway that no, we're still going to be calling her Anne Hathaway. And as, as I will, as I told Anne, I will still be calling you Catherine Heigl. I'm not, I'm not willing to change your name. I don't, I don't really want to hear it. My friends call me Katie. My friends call me Annie. It's like, I'm not your friend. I don't know you. (laughs) I don't have to call you that. (laughs) Hi, Who Weekly. Um, I am viewing a disturbing image of a tattoo on Heather Ray Young's, um, I think her butt. And it says in cursive, yes, sir, comma, Mr. El Musa, and I'm guessing it's Tarek El Musa's handwriting, and apparently it was a surprise for him for Valentine's Day, and I'm just deeply disturbed by this. What does this mean? Can you please tell us? Crunch, crunch. What is... What a scene. I wish I could tell you what. I wish I had any insight on what this means. The issue here is it says, yes, sir, Mr. El Musa. Talk about, I can't think of a tattoo that's more dangerous to get in a new relationship or in any relationship than this one, other than literally writing your full name on someone's body or something Mm -hmm. like that, or a photo of Mm -hmm. them, a picture of them or something. Like this is, I got to say, asking for it the permanence of like i will always say yes to this specific man she of course her ring is in the photo of it she included her giant ring in the photo and then i think so many people were like this is so creepy and weird that she took the photo down it's just weird because i think it's like she posted it being like people are gonna love this and people were like we don't love this (laughs) we as a matter of fact we hate this we actually we hate that you did this like we don't love this for you you know it leaves the door open for too much speculation. Like whatever is going on privately between the two of you and like the dynamics and like whatever like power dynamics you have, that's between the two of you. And I'm sure there are a lot of details. When you put this up with no details, it leads to too much speculation that makes people like go nuts. Don't even give anyone these kinds of breadcrumbs. Like keep this private because unless you're willing to tell us everything and explain it, this isn't going to work for us. It opens too many doors that you're not willing to like let people walk through with you, which I don't blame you. Like I also don't want to know about their sex life or anything about their relationship. But yet here I am looking at a tattoo on this woman's ass. I guess it's her (laughs) upper ass. Just above. It's uh, it's, It's like it's like above her cheek, like next to the right over from the crack, (laughs) the top of the crack. 
when you first look at it, you're like, you don't necessarily know what skin this is. And then you kind of you look to the right butt. and there's like a bit of a butt crack. So it's like, oh, it's just above the left ass cheek. I also just feel like it's one of those things where this looks like a tattoo or seems like a tattoo that you get that's like, there's a reason why it's like hidden. There's a reason why it's like on your ass that not many people see. I mean, it's one thing yeah. if you're out there showing your ass, which is great, but she is not. And so getting a tattoo on her ass it kind of is this thing where it's like, oh, this is just for us because you're the only one who really sees my ass mm -hmm. like regularly. So to show it off like this in this weird braggy way with the ring, it's such bad vibes. It is such bad vibes. If you're going to post your tattoo online, no matter where it is, no matter what it is, be prepared to answer questions about it. Lil Uzi Vert got a fucking diamond in his forehead. He was more than happy to tell us all about it. Right. She posts her ass tattoo and she's like, uh-uh-uh, never mind, delete, delete, delete. Well, the irony of this is we did a full segment on Christina on the Coast's new tattoo, or we did a full segment on Christina on the Coast's changing her name back to her maiden name. We were like, we don't we don't recognize that. We don't we yeah. just call you Christine on the coast. But she got a tattoo up literally like last week. Up her spine that up says her, still I rise. If you remember Christina on the coast is Tarek El Musa's ex-wife and mm -hmm. she got a tattoo up her spine that says still I rise. I'm I just feel like Maya Angelou is like <laughs> <laughs> looking down saying like who is this woman yeah literally <laughs> will someone please tell me who christina on the coast is we don't get hgtv up here like what is this <laughs> i don't i don't know I'm what's telling happening. you this i'm blaming him targo musa is such a big ball of bad energy that everything <laughs> around him like the like it, the gina caruso of outer space just like everything gina is, like Carano. everything bad sorry what's her name Gina Carano. I already forgot her. She's already gone from my mind. But it's the this bad energy. Well, as you know, I'm I need to get a new tattoo. I didn't get to get a tattoo in 2020 because of COVID. And I do want to get it at least for the foreseeable future. I want to get a new tattoo at least once a year. And so now I've got two. I got to catch up with two. Wait, that's such a good idea. I yeah, it was that. Josh's wanna, idea actually. I want to get a new tattoo once. I want a new tattoo. Isn't that a fun idea? Yeah. Well, I want us to get who weekly tattoos, but you're not as into it. I'd be down. I'd be down. I have to get two. I know what one of them is. I also have one that I'm definitely gonna get, and then I'm I kind of I want a who weekly one. I want a question mark on my ass. I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but if I got. Like, it'd be funny if I got Yes Sir, Mr. El Musa. Like, that's no, it funny wouldn't. for me. It's no, kind it of wouldn't. funny for me. I would. No, you didn't know it's Heather Ray Young's tattoo that she posted about then deleted? <laughs> no, it's really funny. I would have you committed. <laughs> I like the handwriting. Whoever did the, the oh tattoo God, is stop. a great line artist. Stop. Whoever did the tattoo is an amazing line artist. Like, that's Obviously. beautiful. Yes, it's no, perfect. It's fine. If we... it said anything else, if it just said, yes, sir. Ooh, the tattoo artist's work is beautiful. Sean Arnold, that's the name of the tattoo artist. He should be promoted. That's beautiful. God, you truly don't know how to end a segment still. I know I don't. <laughs> I was like, it was over and then he wanted to respect. Hi, Weekly. Um, so I'm watching One Night in Miami, which is, of course, incredible. And I hope Regina King makes a billion more movies. Um, but I just wanted to talk about like the four main guys. Um, I'm assuming that none of them are them, but maybe like the, the most famous so far is Leslie Odom Jr. Um, but I just wanted to know if you thought that this would like propel any of them into them dump, particularly like Kingsley Benadir, who's Malcolm X, and I've seen getting a ton of buzz, like totally deservedly, he's unbelievable. Um, and yeah, if you thought that if any of them were seeing on the horizon or just like what they're doing next, because they're all so, so good in the movie. Uh, yeah. Tim Tebow lesbian. Bye. Tim Tebow lesbian. <laughs> One <laughs> Tim Tebow lesbian. One night in Miami. I haven't seen it yet, but I am it's already good. rooting for Regina, no matter what. Don't care. I mean, I guess it's been out for like a month at this point on Amazon, but like I've noticed in the past week or so, it getting more and more attention on like Oscar websites, Oscar podcasts, more people are talking about it. And, it. and especially as like an ensemble thing. So like the SAG Awards, just because it's one of those movies where it's like the performances, right, right. the performances, the performances. But it's tough because they're kind of doing impressions or kind of doing, that's always hard. When you said, when we were, well, we were talking about the Wendy Williams biopic on the Patreon episode, you said something like a lot of the, the biggest trend in biopics now, as in a prestige way, is doing a one moment, not like a mm -hmm. full life. Just like what happened on this one night in Miami when these four iconic people were together what happened, you know, what, or what either happened or what could I imagine have happened. And that's mean? what it is. This is yeah. imagined. 
Right. Which is very a play, which is the most fucking theater thing to do, which I love. I think the movie is becoming a them in terms of awards buzz. I've been seeing Definitely. getting more and more and more attention. Definitely. But also like awards are so weird this year, like because no one's seeing things in theaters. Everyone's every movie is kind of everywhere. So no movie seems more prestigious than another movie. You know what I mean? Like, But I think it being directed by Regina King is like the themiest thing about, you know, like it's just like mm-hmm. for sure. This is the talking point. People are so happy for her. They're so happy that it's good. You know, they're so impressed by her and they really want to lift her up. And I think that's what what's going to kind of drag the movie mm-hmm. out longer than maybe it would have had time because it's not in theaters, you know, because it went yeah. straight to Amazon in a way. I think and you're right. It, watch it. it yeah. lost some of that like glitter around it, which I think this movie maybe needed a little more. All the movies glitter. did. Yeah, that's true. But especially a movie like this that is slow, you're saying, that it has a lot of talking. That isn't a Marvel movie. Yeah. Exactly. The two sides of the coin are, it's great that now like everyone can see One Night in Miami. Everyone can see Nomadland when it's on Hulu. Like everyone can see Judas and the Black Messiah when it's on HBO, you know? Mm -hmm. But also to the casual moviegoer, all of them get the same weight. So it's like to someone who's just scrolling through their feeds, Firefly Lane is as impactful one night in miami you're right like it's all just streaming so like you still have to do a little work to see which ones are actually good but this one is actually good but it's all imagined and it's totally win for who's make of them because all these people are who's i mean i guess as the caller said leslie odom jr because of theater because of hamilton because of i guess smash i don't know because of sia's Sia's music i'm obsessed with kingsley benadir like he's been in everything good for the past like four years and everything he's in he's like so hot he was in High Fidelity, which I don't know if you saw on Hulu, a shockingly good, so good, had no reason to be good. He's in that. He was in the OA, too. Do you remember him from that? I know. I know. That's why I like King Z. Benadir, because he's in the OA okay, season I'm just two. Saying, I think he's really hot. I want to I know. know. Okay, who else? Who else? Who else? Eli Gorey. See, they're all who's, and they haven't done much stuff. Eli Gorey is um, Cassius Clay. Well, at the time, he was Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali. Then Aldous Hodge is Jim Brown, the football player. Who all these people are playing thems? That's the other interesting thing in 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 to use our language. Like all of these who's are playing thems, and the movie itself is a them, but the movie's also a who because this didn't actually happen. Like yeah. it's a fictionalized account of their night, but also based on the true events that led up to and followed this night, which is when Muhammad Ali had this fight. It's funny that the guy playing Eli Gorey, Eli Gorey, the guy who's playing um, Cassius Clay, also played in his last movie that you mentioned him in Race. He also played a famous. He played a famous runner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's a biopic. He's like in a biopic. He's a biopic guy. Well, Kingsley Benadir has also played Barack Obama. So like he's been a biopic person too. That's true. He also played um, Barack Obama. Yeah. And whatever that Comey rule. Aldous yeah. Hodge, who I recognize from The Invisible Man, which I stand. I love The Invisible Man. I've seen it many times now. Oh, wait. He's Jim Brown. No, sorry. To go back to Eli for one second, he's also on Riverdale. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's on Riverdale. Okay. Sorry. He's been on that's... many seasons of Riverdale. I feel like that's worth mentioning. And he was also on The 100, which was a big show for a mm-hmm. lot of people. People love The 100. So he's more known for The 100 and Riverdale than he would be known for the movie that you mentioned. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Mostly TP. Yeah. That I just thought it was funny that like there's a biopic thread in all of uh, totally, their totally. filmographies. Yeah. Okay, this is we're getting boring, but I promise there's going to be a payoff here. Do you? Because you have a game. I'll, I have a game. Then there's Aldous Hodge, who is Jim Brown, as I said, the football player, also with them. But like, what do I know about sports? Well, he was in Straight Outta Compton, and he was also in Hidden Figures, and he was mm-hmm. also in the show Underground. So was Journey Smollett. Yeah, she was okay. Then the last lead who plays Sam Cooke is, as the caller said, Leslie Odom Jr. They had to get Leslie Odom Jr. because they needed someone who could sing because he was playing Sam Cooke. Okay, we know who Leslie Odom Jr. is. Hamilton. Yeah, that's it. Uh, he was Aaron Burr. He's in Sia's new original musical, Music. Which we will actually, for his sake, forget to... We'll, <laughs> for his sake, we'll fully take that off of his uh, IMDb yeah. if he wants. You'll never see me. So they're all playing thems. Who's playing thems in a movie that is a them based on a who event directed by a them, Regina King. Okay. <laughs> I have a game. I just, this, the dynamic here is wild. Yeah. I have a game. It's called who said it or them said it. Oh, and no. I'm going to read you a quote and it's going to be by either Kingsley Benadir, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, Leslie Odom Jr., Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, no. Jim Brown, or Sam Cooke. This is hard for me. What if I don't know? St- all not- you have to do is guess a who said it. Or them said it. 
Okay, this is gonna make me look stupid. Fine. No, it's fine. You'll get it. They're well, not. They're not. They're not. They're not supposed. To, only like one is supposed to trick you. First question. I feel like I'm still processing the experience now as we talk. I've had moments today where I'm like, I worked with Regina King and I played Malcolm. Oh, who said that? Who said that? Oh, who said it? Yes, that's Kingsley Benadir. You got that right. See, you got it. You got it. You got it. Okay. I've been in the business now for six years, Dick, and I haven't had a song that wasn't a hit. Okay, that's a them. That's a them. That's Sam Cooke, yes. And he's talking to Dick Clark on American Bandstand. Okay, you got it right. See, you're doing well. You got your two for two. Okay. It's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. Is that Cassius Clay? (laughs) Yes, that's Muhammad Ali. Okay, yes. Once you change your philosophy, you change your thought pattern. Once you change your thought pattern, you change your attitude. Once you change your attitude, it changes your behavior pattern. Then you go on into action. Okay, is that a them? Seems like a them That's a them. That's Malcolm X, yes. Okay. There's nothing more I appreciate than at the end of the day when I can put my head down on a pillow and feel like I was used up. Oh, that's kind of beautiful. Them-y? Them? No, sorry. That's who? That's Leslie Odom Jr. talking about the acting process. Um. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. Who's can be wise too? Although Leslie Odom is cuspy by now, I would say. We're, we're getting there. The power is between your ears. The power is in your heart. That's them-y. That's them It's Jim Brown, yes. Okay. Okay. I am the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. <laughs> Are you trying to trick me? Is that a who? No, it's them. It's Muhammad Ali. Okay. 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 I had to have grace for myself in this. I'm no fan of myself. I'm harder on myself than anybody. A who? That's a who. That's Leslie Odom Jr. Okay. Uh-huh. I was on the radio the other day in the UK, and they were playing A Change Is Gonna Come Before I Was Introduced, and I had to ask the radio host whether that was Leslie or Sam. I really couldn't tell. It was Leslie. <laughs> Wait, that's a who? That's a who. It's King's even a deer talking about. It's like, okay, The movie fine. ends with him singing A Change Is Gonna Come, but he's actually singing it. These games that you've written recently are very, um, wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> I gotta say, you're really, you're pulling from an NPR place. <laughs> don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. <laughs> don't know much about a science book. Don't know much about the French I took. Is that a who or a them? Them. That's a them. Yes, that's Sam Cook. Yes. Okay. And then we have um, stupid. No weapons, no tricks, just you and me, the heavyweight champion of the world. Stop. Stop. That's that's a them. That's a them, but which them do you think it is? Muhammad Ali. No, it's Jim Brown as the character Byron Williams in the movie Mars Attacks because never forget he became an actor after like leaving oh, football. Stop <laughs> it. That doesn't count. That counts. You got it right though. You got it right. You got like a you that got like an 80. Trick. You got like an 80. That was a trick. All right. Wow, what a game. I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town. Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just be a full Instagram. The frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on. <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the Aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about Aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm-hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app. And, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that, but you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You be a little bit of careful. But <laughs> Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. 
I'm watching Dazed and Confused, and um, I'm playing this drinking game where you take a shot every time the kid with the long hair touches his face. Um, but we're wondering, Joey Lauren Adams from Dazed and Confused, she played one of the blonde girls. Um, she's obviously a who. What the fuck is she doing these days? What happened after chasing Amy? Um, would be our thesis question if we had one. Crunch, crunch, women do belong in balloons. I feel like a lot happened after Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. She had like a really like extensive career after that. Just nothing as kind of iconic, quote unquote, as her work with Kevin Smith because mm-hmm. he was she was kind of his muse for a hot minute. And that was her in terms of being kind of a celebrity but then she did a ton of stuff and she still does stuff like i, I thought she was retired because yeah. i thought she was like gone too but she was just on a tv show for a few years she does she was in a bunch of movies she wrote and directed a movie in 2006 which i guess is a while ago but it's still a big deal bobby saw he said it's good yeah, i saw it at the Judd. time it's it's a good movie it's like a extremely 2006 indie movie it's it's good. I love that though. But who is she? I guess how did she get famous? How do why do we know her? I think the oh. main reason we know her is because of Dazed and Confused, as the caller is saying, and Chasing Amy, Chasing as the caller Amy. is saying. She has this like a legendary voice, this like crazy voice, and she also was like the coolest person. For, like she's just so cool. This this profile you found of her that says, occasionally Adams meets people who ask where she's been since Chasing Amy. Yeah. Her internet movie database page lists dozens of roles. Quote, I've been doing films, she says. It's just not every film is Chasing Amy. Yeah, she's from she's from Arkansas. And so she still lives in Arkansas, I think. That's even probably now. another reason why she feels, quote unquote, gone. Yes. Is that she doesn't live in Hollywood. And yeah. so that's that profile is oh, like maybe three or four years old from an Arkansas newspaper. But like, I truly thought she had retired and at one point when she made that movie come early morning with ashley judge she did say she was retired from acting but she's obviously gotten back into it and that's what she's doing but i i thought that quote was interesting and important because i think that's the typical actor experience like Mm -hmm. they're just still plugging away you can't watch everything like of course you don't know that they were in three episodes of like this one network tv show or like this one weird movie like because a working actor just works all the time. It's very kind of dull and boring. They just do their job. Right. And not every movie is Chasing Amy. Right. And Chasing Amy, she was a big deal. But Chasing Amy and subsequent did not launch her into like the next stratosphere. You know what she's in that she's very good in? Big Daddy. I was going to say that? Big Daddy. She's the she's girlfriend in, in Big Daddy. Daddy. She's in Mall Rats. She's, you know, she's in these like. She has these great roles in this stuff. I remember when she was on Switch to Birth, a TV show that I only I watched, me and Patrick, mm-hmm. and that was in around 2013, 2014. But she was also in the United States of Terra. Remember that show that basically no one watched that oh, was uh, bef- yeah. before Cody. we were all obs- – Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's her face? Tony Collette. Pre like the Tony Collette renaissance was when she was just doing her stuff. Some of us were so, fully standing her at that point, Lindsay. We were all – But you know what I mean. The turning point – the Tony collette sance happened which happened because of hereditary kind of exactly but she's been in like her imdb is like extensive it's not like it ends at chasing amy it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things where if you didn't if you kind of if you weren't watching united states of Terra or party down or switched at birth or she's in one episode of dre's anatomy like any good actor is you know like you just wouldn't know that necessarily since 2006 she's been in one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifty six seven eight nine twenty about 21 movies since 2006 i have seen three of them (laughs) right which is normal which is like a norm and you see a lot of movies yeah so like that's saying something but i think that like it's a good call to play because this is whenever you look up those like like chum on the internet that's like whatever happened to joey lauren adams like why hollywood dumped joey lauren adams the answer is rarely like insidious or scary or fucked up or sad it's just this is what they do right that's the thing it's like there are some times where the answer is something significant like i would say with the harvey weinstein stuff coming out some of those articles the answer is like because literally they were like blackballed from the industry Mm -hmm. by somebody like harvey weinstein but for for most for most people it's more of this type of story yeah let's play a quick game of yes no they're quick answers quick answers yes no does malala know who ariana grande is does malala know who ariana grande is yeah sure malala knows who malala likes popular culture yes 
Malala knows what's going on, but the caller actually has the receipts. So let's listen to those. The answer is yes. Um, apparently, somebody posted a TikTok saying that they thought the lyric in um, positions was be Malala on a Monday. And she commented, literally Malala commented, yeah. Um, I don't think that either of them are who's. I just felt like, who am I going to tell about this? Um, and I thought of you guys. So, um, yeah, that's about it. That's all I had to say. Crunch, crunch. I don't even know what the lyric originally was because Ariana Grande can't enunciate, but Meet Malala on a Monday is really funny. The idea is that you end the week by fucking. It's very like Craig David, but it's funny that you would meet Malala on the Monday of that week that you end up fucking. Oh, it's Meet Your Mama on a Sunday. Yeah, that's what meet I Meet Your yeah. Mama on a Sunday. Meet Your Mama on a Monday. Boy, I'm trying to meet your mama on a Sunday. Because it's like Craig David. It's like. We've been making them on a Friday. Now was it different on a Sunday? It's always like, it's like days of the week. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Long time, long time. So I'm rewatching The Intern, and in the beginning, Robert De Niro comes out of the elevator, and all about that bass is playing in the background. And I was wondering, does Robert De Niro know who Megan Trainer is? All right, thanks. Crunch, crunch. That MacBook. Watching the intern. Great good question. Idea. Good idea. Great question. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Robert De Niro doesn't know he was in a movie called The Intern, by the way. He has <laughs> no clue. No, he does. He just doesn't know that Megan Trainer was played in post edit, in the yeah. edit. <laughs> just in the same way, I don't think Jack Nicholson knows who Crazy Town is, even though Something's Gotta Give iconically opens with the song Butterfly. <laughs> right. That, of course he doesn't know who they he are. He didn't and know. Course... He wasn't there in the editing process. Of course, Robert Nero doesn't know who Megan Trainer is. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Does Beyonce know what a Fitbit is? Thank you. Crunch, crunch. I hate this. I this is targeted. I hate it, and it's targeted. I love it's targeted, this question. It's manipulative, I love this and I hate question. it. It's a mind game. It's gaslighting. I hate it. I love it's this psychological question. torture. Does the other three were very easy answers? Does Beyonce know? What a Fitbit is. Yes or no? One, two, three. No. No. <laughs> She's too busy and rich to know what a Fitbit is. Also, I have a Fitbit. So like Beyonce definitely does not do anything that I do. So I'm. it's very separate. She's very above me. Like if she saw a Fitbit, she'd be like, oh, that's an interesting Apple Watch. And they'd say, no, it's a Fitbit. And she goes, <laughs> is that a kind of Apple Watch? And just like, no, it's a Fitbit. Right. Unless like... Fitbit release like a Beyonce Fitbit that they paid her to support and promote, then she's not going to know what Fitbit is. No. No. Beyonce doesn't know what a Fitbit is. Malala okay. does know who Ariana Grande is. Robert De Niro has no idea who Megan Trainer is. We answered your questions. I feel so satisfied. Let's play a quick Who Are Them. Hey, guys. I'm just calling because I'm really worried that Phoebe Bridgers is a them now. And... I just emotionally need her to continue being a who. That's it. Crunch, crunch. Who are them? Phoebe Bridgers, one, two, three, who? who? I still think she's a who. She was on SNL, but that doesn't make you a them. That just, I mean, it helps. But like SNL doesn't even have great viewership anymore in terms of like getting people to see stuff and know stuff. And then she like smashed the guitar and like it made kind of news, but not really. No. Didn't you get in a feud with someone? Whatever. Who cares? See, the, again, I don't even really know. The Phoebe Bridger smashing guitar, like, discourse was, I think, <laughs> very inflated on Twitter. I don't think people were actually talking about this uh, at well, the level that people thought that they was were like, talking about. This woman smashed a guitar. <laughs> and everybody was, like, retweeting it being like, LOL, you know? Yeah. I don't think we're wrong here. I think Phoebe Bridgers is still very much a, um, a who. Be a long time, long time. I am calling because I was just scrolling through Facebook at work. Advertisement because there's a really delicious looking milkshake in it. But as I watched, it turns out that this Shake Shack milkshake is a special Valentine's Day milkshake collab with Boys to Men called the Berries to Men Shake. Um, again, it looks really good, but it just got me thinking one, this is really silly, but two, Shake Shack and Boys to Men, who's or them's? I feel like they're both them's, but maybe not. I don't know. Give me a lot to think about. Also, there's going to be a Boys to Men performance to go with the milkshake. I don't know what that looks like. Um, that's all. Just wondering. Bye. 
You too can get your Shake Shack Berries two-man chocolate-covered strawberry-flavored milkshake from February 9th through February 14th only at Shake Shack. First of all, sounds incredible, and I will be there. This sounds is not amazing. an amazing. I'm there. But I do think it's funny that Boys to Men represents romantic songs. Yes. They are the signifier of romantic songs and also because they're all still together which is rare for like a group they are they connote longevity they connote longevity they could yes like keeping your relationship alive the boys to men are there it reminds me of when they were in um my favorite movie oh, uh, of whatever the, the, years the, ago the, 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 the long the, shot yeah the long shot long shot yeah but they appeared as this like emblem of romance or whatever like it is funny to me how kind of representative they are of this vibe you know when I think at the time when they were really popular, I don't remember them being, yeah, they came out with like sap, some like sappy songs or whatever, but I don't remember being like, yeah. they are so fully the most like romantic, old school romantic vibe. I didn't, that wasn't the case necessarily, but yeah. now. They've aged into like being crooners, you know, like. Totally. It's dated. It's in a way it's like yeah. mom and dad music, but that like is what you want. That's But we're lucrative. the mom and dads. <laughs> we're the mom and dads. No, literally. That's like the millennials are the moms and dads. That's what yeah, you that's true. Want they are they have grown into city winery artists. <laughs> you know that's the I that's mean, the dream. But yeah, I mean our boys to men who are them. I kind of think one, two, three, them, them. But like the members, I would say remain who's even though I know their names. Shake Shack, who were them? One, two, three, them. Them, I guess, but only newly, kind of. I feel like Shake Shack has only become a them recently-ish. They weren't in many places until like 2010. Yeah. Okay. They're both thems. Amazing. Last two were them. No, two more who were thems. Hi, Lily. Long time, long time. Um, You guys probably know this, but I literally just found this out. John Cusack and Joan Cusack have a sister, Anne Cusack who's also an actress, who's working 24-7. She's in League of Their Own. How did I not know there was a third Cusack? John Cusack, them? Is he fading? Okay, question. John Cusack, who are them? Joan Cusack, who are them? I think she's maybe edging him out now. And then Ann Cusack, who? Love you. Bye. Fascinated by this call for many reasons. Number one, I always forget that Anne Cusack is a Cusack and that she's iconic, illiterate woman, Shirley Baker in League of Their Own. Iconic woman who can't read. And I feel like you did know this. I've learned this and unlearned this. Yeah. 800 times. Because I know that like in the in the in the 11 years of our friendship, Lindsay, you've told me that I have told you this at least twice. You're like, did you? You'll be like, Shirley Baker is a Cusack? (laughs) Like, oh. And I'll be like, yeah, I think you've told me this already. You told me this in 2011. (laughs) But (laughs) every two years. Every two years, I'm like, did you know that Shirley Baker, who can't read, and then the one really friendly. You get this credit from IMDb tattooed on you like memento, so that as soon as you forget it, you can remember it. No. Uh, I I was telling Honestly, someone about my. You're getting other, a tattoo a year. I know. I was <laughs> telling someone about my my plan for my next tattoo, and I hadn't thought about its relationship with the my cousin Vinny tattoo. And yeah. they said, "Wow, your body is going to just become an archive of '90s nostalgia." And I was like, "Oh, oh no, no. <laughs> kill me!" <laughs> if That's I add true. this to the list, careful. what a nightmare. You got to be careful what you what you get, start I getting. I have to really toe the line, which is why I have to do other other things. You know. Yeah, you'll look like the inside of a pizza shop with like all these different memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look like I'll literally look like Mystic, Mystic pizza. pizza. I'll look like <laughs> yeah, Mystic you'll look pizza. like the inside of Mystic Pizza. You're like a hard rock cafe. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about Mystic Pizza is that they have a poster of the craft. <laughs> it's like, why is there a poster yeah. of the craft in here? It's amazing. It makes you feel like you're in Mystic Pizza. <laughs> Okay, Anne Cusack, one, two, three, who? Who? Joan Cusack, one, two, three. (sighs) This is so hard because I do think she's kind of a character actress, but she's also a Cusack, so it's kind of iconic. Okay, them, fine. I'm going to call her a them. John Cusack, one, two, three. Three them and I them. think it's I think it's really the name more than anything. Like I think no, it's but just... he's hanging on by a thread. Yeah, and I okay. So that leads me to the next the next thing that the caller pointed out that I hadn't really considered. 
I think she's right. I think Joan is the more famous one, or at least the more popular one right now. I don't know. I think Joan is more critically and more like fan-wise, nostalgic-wise, like people a like her more. But John is the name still. He's still the Alec Baldwin of the family. He's still the kind of the one who, when they say, "Oh, the Cusacks," like he, it's John, and then Joan, and then yeah. the other two. I yeah. think there's two. I guess, I guess, I guess he's more famous. But they're both thems, and I think a lot of it has to do with the names. It's also funny because their names are Joan and John. It's only, it's not far away from each other. So it's like they both, they both kind of have, quote unquote, the name. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, last call, last call. Lance Staff, almost going to space. Who are them? Thank you. God, how is this even a question? It's like the hooiest thing that's ever happened. Lance Bass going to space. Who were them? One, two, three. Who? Who? Um, I mean, that guy was a who before he became officially a who. He was like trying to go to space. Wasn't he going to go with Russia or something? It was like, oh, it's like like, Russia was like, we'll take him up there. And he was like, cool. Well, Russia was like, we'll take pa- we'll take tourists up uh-huh. to space. And Lance Bass was like, I would like to sign up. And then they like took a picture of him in the outfit, which got like widely circulated. Yeah, him and him and Kate Winslet were like, we're going to space. Well, I was, then, that like, was my next question. Is Kate Winslet going to Kate Winslet almost going to space? Who are them? One, I mean, two, three. Also who? who, even though she is a them. <laughs> Never forget. I don't know where it is, but the the um the spreadsheet that a friend of ours made that is celebrities claiming they're going to space and if they actually went to space. <laughs> did did Kyle make that? Maybe been Spina. I'm not Spina. sure. Spina. Oh, Spina made that. Spina did make that. Right. We don't know where I need to find that. We need to find it again. Spina, send us the link when you hear this. The reason Kate Winslet was going to go to space was because she married Richard Branson's nephew and Richard Branson's the billionaire who has like this wanted to make the space tourism line as well. So Ned Rock and Roll. And so Ned was like, my uncle will take you to space. And she was like, I can't wait to go to space. And she still hasn't been to space. And it seemed like for a while, she was definitely going to outpace Lance Bass and go to space first. Has any of the celebrities that claim they were going to space been to space? Like, not, no. Gaga said she was going to space. Space. She went to space. She went to Chromatica. Oh, right. I'm so sorry. No, she she's already been to space. to space. That's wrong. I think space tourism is one of those relics of a 1950s TV where it's like, here's what we'll be doing in the year 2000. Like space tourism is one of those things that like everyone is constantly being promised that it's around the corner. And every billionaire is always like, no, I'm going to start sending people to space next year. And then it never happens. But it's every year there's a new billionaire who's like, we're going to start sending people to space like tomorrow. Get ready. Like put a deposit yeah. down. Yeah. But anyway, we're done. We have to catch our bus to space. <laughs> beep, beep. I can't afford a plane. I got to take a bus. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love reading your reviews. And keep on calling at 619-WHO-THEM to leave questions, comments, and concerns. You can also text us at that number. Don't forget. And you can also email us at whatsreadupto at gmail.com. If you are international, it's easier for for, to send like voice notes that way. And we'll see you on Tuesday with another episode. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Hey. 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 Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. I'm freaking out right now. I'm having like a Berenstein Bear, Bernstein Bear situation. Like what is it called when that happens? The mandala effect? Yeah. Because there is no fucking way that the girl from Scrubs' name in real life is Sarah Chalk. I didn't know that. There's no way. I know her name. And I don't know what it is. I knew her name. And it's not Sarah Chalk. Like, it's not. I don't know. I'm freaking out. Honestly, please tell me someone else remembers this. Did she change her name? She has to have changed her name. Um, okay, crunch, crunch. Two people lesbian. The Kissing Booth is an amazing movie. How dare you, Bobby? I still love you, honestly, but bad Hey, Who Weekly. I was just, uh, listening to Tuesday's episode, and when you guys were talking about Suzanne Summers and how you would react, um, if someone broke into your home, um, so one time I accidentally broke into someone's apartment 
um, I was cat sitting and like through this company and they give you keys to people's apartments. Um, so I go into the place and there's no cat and there's no litter box. And I'm like freaking out calling the company and they were like, this is the address listed, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like pacing, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I hear the door unlocking and a girl comes in, like, I guess, I don't know, maybe she's in her 20s. I'm in my 20s. So um, around my age. And she was like, um, who are you? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I like literally ran out down the stairs and down the street. Um, I feel like maybe most of us would probably react the way that Suzanne reacted, which was like, oh, hello, who are you? Because it's such a, like, peculiar situation, um, especially if they, like, aren't, like, there with, like, a weapon or hurting anyone. It's just, like, this is odd, and I don't know how to react because I'm, like, shocked. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I had to say. This isn't even really relevant. I just think it's funny every time I remember that I broke into someone's place by accident. Um, yeah, so uh, stay inside. And um, you were a six-year-old this morning. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. Had to pause the podcast because I was listening to you talk about Jenny Craig. And then I was like, wait, what is that name of this plant that I have? Because I have this plant and it's called, I now know a Janet Craig plant, but I kept calling it a Judith Light plant. But now I know it's actually called like a Judith Craig plant but like what's the going on with the like jenny craig judith craig judith light who the fuck is judith craig why is she got a plant named after her oh god it's gonna be a caller you're doing amazing sweetie um women don't belong in balloons crunch crunch oh my god i just called about the dome plant and i realized that i said Judith Craig, it's a, called a Janet Craig plant, but, like, the question still is, who's Janet Craig? Jenny Craig, them, Janet Craig, big who? All right, crunch, crunch. Today's episode of Who Weekly was brought to you by The CW, the two-hour premiere event of Superman and Lois airs Tuesday, February 23rd, or you can stream free next day on The CW app.